This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 55. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's episode, Lessons from the Front Lines, What Not to Do When an Entity Designates Just One 30B6 Witness to Testify About a Large Number of Topics. Now, before I get into today's topic, and as you know, our Lessons from the Front Lines episodes focus on brand new court decisions from around the country on deposition-related topics. So that's what we'll be covering today. Do keep in mind that because these decisions are truly brand new rulings, the eventual outcomes might change. They might be appealed or they might be the subject of reconsideration by the judge in whole or in part. Also, I wanted to mention that we started our core essentials series a few episodes ago on preparing clients for depositions. And we will return to that series in the next episode. But in between the core essential episodes, We will, of course, continue covering brand new cases and other related deposition strategies and tactics. Okay, so in the decision uh, that we're focusing on today, which was issued three days ago in the Eastern District of North Carolina, and which I will refer to as the Infernal Technology case or the Infernal case, the judge ruled that the defendant's single 30B6 designee on 33 different topics had no obligation under the rules to sit for anything more than a single deposition of one day up to seven hours. Again, regardless of the number of topics for which that witness was designated. Now, of course, the judge's reference to a single day of seven hours in federal court is from the language of federal rule 30D1. Under that rule, those are two different limiting criteria. A deposition has to start and finish in a single day, and it cannot, absent agreement, last more than seven hours. So in the Infernal case, the plaintiff's lawyer apparently questioned the 33-topic designee for slightly less than two hours and only on a handful of those topics that the defendant had designated the witness to be ready to testify about. The next day, what happens? The plaintiff's lawyer shows up at the deposition location for the continued deposition of the designee, and guess what? There's no witness. There's no witness because the defense counsel had apparently previously told the plaintiff's counsel that it would not produce that witness again or anyone else to testify about those 33 topics because according to the defense, it complied with its obligations fully to produce a witness ready to testify on those 33 topics. With the deposition having started and ended the day before, the defense's position was, that's all you get. You don't get a second day. I'll I'll get into the details in a minute. But the bottom line at this point is that uh, the parties can't work it out and each of them files a motion appropriate to their position. For the plaintiff's side, they file a motion to compel the defendant to bring that designee back to cover the remaining topics that weren't covered or somebody to come back from the defense to cover the remaining topics. For its part, the defense files a motion for protective order saying, look, we complied, our designee showed up. He was ready for questions about all 33 topics The plaintiff took two hours, plus or minus, and stopped there. We have no obligation to come back. So what does the judge do? Well, the judge resolved the motions by agreeing with the defendant, saying that the defendant indeed had no obligation to come back a second day or to ever again produce anyone else on those 33 topics. Having prepared and presented a witness prepared to spend the day answering those questions, the defense, the judge says, did all it was obligated to do, game over. What's the lesson there? Well, first, always ask the opposing side how many witnesses they intend to produce on your topics. If they won't tell you, 
ask the court to compel them to do so. You don't have any choice in who an entity produces in response to your topic list, but you don't want to get blindsided by how many people they produce. So don't corner yourself into this kind of timing problem by waiting until the day of the 30B6 deposition to find out how many people are coming. If only one person is coming and you have a long topic list, you're going to run into this problem. You've got to work it out in advance with the opposing lawyer or through the judge. Don't just show up at the deposition and hope that it works itself out. It won't. Showing up and starting the deposition of a single witness on a long topic list starts your clock running if you're in federal court or in some jurisdiction where depositions are time limited. So beware the possibility that an organization might jam you up as a strategy by presenting a single witness and forcing you to cover every listed topic in a single day. I want to be clear, there's nothing in the court record here to indicate that this was a defense strategy or stratagem or tactic. It's just what the defendant did. It decided to present a single witness on those 33 topics. But there are some lawyers that will do that as a strategy. And beware the opposite. Beware the defendant that produces 50 witnesses for 50 topics. Under the rules, under the 2000 Advisory Committee notes to Rule 30, you're entitled to seven hours for each of the 50 designees. But you could encounter the same problem. Let's suppose you begin taking a crack at those topics and you race through several of the first designees, figuring you'll cover as best you can since there's a whole crew of them waiting out in the lobby and then get back to them later. That's not how it works. However long you took for each of those designees is however long you got and however long you're going to have for each of those designees under the federal rules. So if you're burning through the depositions at a rate of about 10 minutes each, that's your deposition. So if you know there are going to be lots of designees, you're just going to have to set them on separate days if your topics are complex enough that it's going to take time to work through each one of them. You know, I recently did an episode where a defendant, in response to a 30B6 topic list that listed 30 or 32 topics, designated 29 separate witnesses. And the question I pondered in the episode and answered is, what to do when that happens? What to do when you get bombed with an excessive number of 30B6 designees? And of course, many courts have held that the seven hour federal time limit starts over for each individual designee named by the entity but you've got to space those out over many days or weeks if you want to ensure that you have several hours available for a thorough examination of each of them. All right, so let's turn back to the Infernal case. How did the problem start? Well, according to the opinion, the lawsuit was filed in November 2019. So in mid-June 2021, almost 18 months after the filing of the lawsuit and just three weeks before the July 2, 2021 close of discovery, the plaintiff apparently served the defendant with six separate 30B6 notices containing 53 topics spread out over five days. All right, so there's red flag number one. While as lawyers setting the depositions, we may determine the number of days that we're going to spend, the actual number of days you're going to spend in 30B6 depositions is just as likely to be controlled by the entity producing the designees. If they only produce one designee, on your topic list, you get one day under the federal rules unless you've worked something out or got court approval for something longer. So that's the first red flag. You've got to work with the entity's lawyer to figure out how many people they plan to produce. Once you know that, then you will know how many days you're going to need. 
you might want five days, but you're not going to get it if the entity designating the witnesses only produces a single deponent. And if you don't work that out with the opposing lawyer, it does open you up to a strategy where they either produce a large number of designees or a very small number. Either tactic can cause you problems, especially if you waited until close to the end of the discovery period. So what happens in the infernal case? Well, the defense says, we're not going to produce six separate witnesses on six separate days to accommodate the six separate notices. So the defense was very upfront about that. They said, we're only going to designate three people to talk about the 53 topics and they will each only appear for one day. Remember again, it's the receiving entity that gets to decide who and how many they're going to produce. So one of the three designees from the defense, a vice president of engineering, was going to testify about 33 of those 53 topics himself, and that's where the problem surfaced. And that's red flag number two. So the defense alerts the plaintiff that a single witness is going to cover 33 separate topics. Now, if you're told that one person is going to cover 33 separate topics in your 30B6 deposition, you've got to pause for a moment and figure out what your strategy is going to be. You can't just show up at the deposition, start firing questions off, and trust that a judge is going to allow you to compel that witness to come back some other day. You've got to reach out to the other lawyer at that point or reach out to the judge. So what happened here is the plaintiff's lawyer shows up for the deposition of the vice president of engineering the 33 topic guy, he asks questions for just under two hours according to the decision and then stops. Defense lawyer says to the plaintiff's lawyer, well, do you plan on asking him about any of the other 33 topics today? Plaintiff's lawyer says no. Next day, plaintiff's lawyer shows up at the deposition location to continue the designee's deposition. And of course, there's no witness, he's not coming. The defense says, look, we told you at the beginning when we got your notice, we're producing three people on specific topics and each of them is only coming for one day each. That's where the dueling motions got filed. The plaintiff obviously wanted the guy to show up again. Defense says, not only is he not coming back, but we're not going to allow you to ask any other designee about any of those 33 topics that weren't covered. So again, this is all happening right at the end of the discovery period. The 33 topic guy, I'll call him the vice president of engineering, his deposition took place on June 23, 2021. Discovery closed July 2, 2021, about 10 days later. And then about two weeks after discovery closed, that's when the plaintiff filed uh, its motion to compel the defense to produce someone, either the vice president of engineering or another witness, to testify about those remaining 33 topics that weren't covered. I will say, notwithstanding the neutral tone of the judge's order, it did appear that the judge was a little upset, irritated maybe, uh, at the fact that these events were unfolding about 10 days before the end of the discovery period in a lawsuit that had been pending for a year and a half. So all that's happening in the last 10 days. And that seemed to be a factor if you read between the lines. Obviously, I haven't talked to the judge or the lawyers or parties involved, but that's how I took the ruling. Judge says basically, look, the rules are very clear about how long you get. And the advisory committee notes are also clear that each designee's deposition is subject to the one day, seven hour time limit. So could the defense, consistent with the rules, designate one person to testify about 33 topics? Absolutely, the judge says. And can the defense insist that the plaintiff complete that deposition in seven hours in one day? Again, the judge says, absolutely. So the judge says once the defense produced a witness properly prepared, it had done all it needed to do under the rules. The rest fell on the plaintiff.
Now I did go in and look at the complaint uh, filed online in the federal court docket and the 30B6 topic list. It's a patent infringement case between the plaintiffs and the defendant, all of which appear to be involved in the development, production, and publication of video games, some of them very popular. But the topic lists are not your average, well, who fired Joe kind of topics. Many of them appeared to be very complex and with my feeble understanding of patent law, certainly appeared to me like they would require substantial in-depth examination as to many if not all of them. If I had been hired on as plaintiff's counsel and got handed this 30B6 topic list and was told I had to inquire of the witness on those 33 topics in a single day, there's no way I would have proceeded without a written protocol between me and the opposing lawyers for the conduct of those depositions or something with the court. Here's an example of a couple of the topic lists. And again, there were 53 of them in total. Topic number four on Schedule A, the duties and activities performed by any quality assurance or game testers, QA team members, play testers, or other individuals working for Epic on behalf of Epic or at Epic's request regarding any of the accused instrumentalities. Topic number six, the debugging and troubleshooting of any of the accused instrumentalities, including verification of bug fixes and the existence, identity, and location of any documentation of defects and testing feedback maintained by Epic in a bug tracking database or other database. And uh, topic number nine, just as the third example out of 53, Epic's activities relating to player testing regarding each of the accused instrumentalities, including setup, breakdown, game review, recording or reporting of the player's experiences regarding the accused instrumentalities, the location where such player testing was conducted, and other player-related research regarding the accused instrumentalities, which is a defined term. Uh, this includes all such activities conducted by third parties on behalf of Epic or at Epic's request. So, seem like very complicated topics to me. Now again, I don't know any of the parties involved here. I don't know if they work together regularly, and there was some anticipation that these issues would be worked out on the fly. I don't know if they are diehard adversaries and each craft a strategy designed to take maximum benefit of the other side? I don't know. What I do know is that given the complexities and nuances of scheduling 30B6 depositions, I leave nothing to chance and nothing to assumption. I'm going to ask the opposing lawyers about the details, who they're producing, and how many, and I'm going to act accordingly. So word to the wise, if you're serving a 30B6 notice, you've got to find out from the responding lawyer how many people they plan to produce, and craft your deposition plan and schedule accordingly. Do not just show up and hope that things will work out for the best because you know what happens when we make those kinds of assumptions. So work with the opposing lawyers if you have lots of topics. Don't get caught in this kind of procedural trapdoor. Don't wait until the end of discovery, of course, to work out 30B6 issues. They can be complicated, and as you know, since December 1, 2020, the rules now require you to cooperate with the opposing lawyers on negotiating the topics and how they're going to be done. If it looks like an opposing lawyer is jamming you up by producing just a single witness on a huge number of topics, reach out to the lawyer or to the court and get it addressed. Now from the flip side, what do you do if you're the lawyer for the organization? Well, you can produce a single witness for 30 topics, but you've got to be careful. The case law is overwhelming that if you produce a witness who is not properly prepared, if this was just a strategy and you didn't actually prepare the witness to address all of the topics, you're going to get hit with sanctions. 
And there are plenty of cases that say that if you produce a witness who isn't properly prepared, it's the equivalent of producing no one at all. Now, what if you try the other strategy? What if you've got 30 topics and you produce 30 witnesses? Is that a wise strategy? Well, again, it's going to depend on the case, but here's the problem with that. If you produce 30 witnesses, you've got to make sure that every single one of them is properly prepared. Again, you run the risk of sanctions as to any one of the 30 that you didn't fully and properly prepare to address the topics. And there's another problem with that too. If you've got 30 different people speaking as the voice of the entity, you run the risk that you're going to have 30 different versions of what the corporation or entity believes. So there is a serious risk as well to overproducing a number of designees, each of whom has the power to bind the entity. All right, so that's it for today. Word to the wise here. There's lots of room for kicking under the table and shenanigans in the setting, in the taking, and in the defense of 30B6 depositions. So buyer and seller, beware. All right, that's it for today's episode. As always, we greatly appreciate your listening. And if you have just a moment, it takes about 30 seconds, please go to the site where you get your podcast and leave us a five-star review. It's a great way, a free way, and a quick way to say thank you to our production staff for putting out these free episodes. Have a fantastic day.